We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until 10.25 a.m., with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. Make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus. He's a, one of my really good friends at work. We hired him together um, for coming. Um, genuine guy, really good friend of mine. Um, oh, man. I, I, this message this morning is like, this is my DNA. You know, this is, so I'll just say, I, I like amens. I like all that stuff. This morning, I give you permission to not because we're going to be really digging into this and I want I want you to hear what I'm saying. Again, this is this is the message the Lord has given to me for a long time and a little bit expanded on. Um, and I also I also want to say this. God's presence is in the room to heal this morning. Yes. yes, yes. Beulah, when you when I gave you a hug right there, I, I literally literally felt don't get weirded out when I say this. Is it just true? The, the gyrating presence of God, like bouncing on the inside of me. Thank you. And oh, sure. That means He's not done in your body with health. That means for anyone in this room, the Spirit of God is not done with your body. Oh, He's not done inflicted with disease, whatever it may be. His Spirit is alive on the inside of you to bring health and deliverance. And Beulah, I just wanted to say that when I hugged you this morning, I felt that. And let that bring faith. Let that bring an excess of faith to know that He is capable and He is able and He is willing. When they came to Jesus and they said, they said, Lord, are You willing he didn't even give them the opportunity to think that there would ever be a chance that He wasn't. He said, I am willing. We've made the will of God on healing. This mishmash, this wind blowing to and fro, and we said, oh, well, sometimes it is. I'm here to say, no, God's will is for health liberty. His will is for you to be free, in, not just free from sin, but free in your body. Yes. Come on, so I'm just saying that presence is here this morning. I felt that very strongly. I, and and I, I'm, I'm confident saying that because when I was a 17, 18 year old, I felt that same presence with Jessica. I don't think she's here this morning. I felt that same presence when I saw Jessica come to the front and God took a stage, or God took cancer, He took um, cirrhosis, He took all those things, depression, anxiety uh, on a clinical level, addiction, and He transformed all of that in a second. That when I, I'll never forget, she took the mic and she said, for the first time in so many years, I don't crave heroin. 
And when I saw her, I felt that same gyrating. And I'm confident saying that. I don't go in that area many times, but I'm confident saying that spirit is here this morning, that same presence. Just, oh. All right, so I'm going to start out in Hebrews 4. Again, this message is my DNA. So if I get a little bit emotional, just bear with me, because this is literally the journey God has had me on for the past five years. Oh, I can remember in North Carolina in an apartment playing basketball. I, I was lived in North Carolina for six months of my life, and I can remember in an apartment, and I can remember this exact word coming in me and just shaking me to my core. It would change the rest. It would change literally my whole life. It would change how I viewed everything about the gospel, literally. And I'm gonna. I've shared it before, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth tonight. So we're going to start in Hebrews 4. Um, again, we're going to cover quite a bit of text this morning. And I'm, but this is going to, I believe God's going to tie this in gloriously. And I believe we're going to see, see this really resonate on a deep level. Alright, so Hebrews chapter 4, I'm in the Passion, by the way. Um, so Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. And one second, before, before I go this, I want to set a little ground rule. And I know we teach this in this church, but I'm going to reset it real quick. Who is our Father? God. Everyone says God. Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas approaches Jesus and says, Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's telling them he's going. This is in the last day or two before he goes to the cross and he's having these intimate conversations with his disciples. And Thomas says, Jesus, if you could show us the Father. And Jesus looked at Thomas and said, Thomas, how long have you been with me and yet you do not know if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So a ground rule for everything we believe in this gospel is that Jesus is the perfect image of God. Anything you believe about God that is not found in the person of Jesus is a delusion. Look no further. We don't go to the book of Job to find out our conclusion on God. We go to the person of Jesus Christ. They saw but a shadow. We see the perfect, full image of God in the person of Jesus. So let that, anytime we speak of the gospel and we speak of God, you're looking at the character, the personhood of Jesus to know who our God is. Okay, so now Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1. And again, if you get a little bit lost, all this is going to tie in. I, I'm I know the Lord's going to tie this in. Now, God has offered to us the same promise of entering into His rest realm, or in, entering into His realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience. Again, everything in the kingdom of God operates on faith. Everything. The Bible says that... I believe it's later in Hebrews, it says it's actually impossible to please God without faith. Yeah. 
You can't do it. Your, your works can't do it. You, you cannot give enough of your money to the poor or to something else to please God. That is not how this works. Our faith in Him is the currency of heaven. Our faith. <clears throat> For we heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. Yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. Okay, guys. Whatever word Jesus has spoken over your life, let, let, me, let me pose a, a phrase, and I think I'm going to prove this throughout this message. Every single word that Jesus has spoken in your life, if you don't let that root deeply enough in you, you'll fail to enter His rest. Everything He says about me is who I am. Every single identity, every word, every truth, His words speak about me is who I am. I'm not a basketball player. I'm not a worker. I, my identity is in none of those things. My identity is solely found in the words of Jesus spoken over my life. Again, what's he say? He says, For we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. What are you doubting concerning Jesus' words over your life? What is that doubt producing in you that's causing you not to live with the Bible, not to have the experience of the Word of God in your life? Is this Word piercing you on a level that you have unwavering faith that every single inch of this word and what it says about me is true. Notice I says, say what it says about you. Because almost everyone in this room is really, really good at I, I'm just, I, I think most of us in here are good at believing the Bible. We believe that Jesus went to the cross. Do, what, am I, do y'all agree with me? We believe that. Mm -hmm. But many times what you don't believe is what it says about you. We believe it when it says it about other people. We believe it in other people. We don't believe what it says about us internally. I'm here, I'm here to say that much of the depression and anxiety swirling in your life comes down to a root that you simply haven't gone deep enough in believing what He says about you. And we're going to get into what He says about you. For those, for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. For those of us who believe, again, when we believe every word He's spoken about us, that activates the obedience in our life to become all He's spoken about us. Does that make sense? When we attach our faith to the Word, come on again, I, I know this is going to get kind of deep, but you can, you can track with me. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to really bring your mind here and you're, you're going to see this by the end. When you believe what the Word of God says about you, 
How many of you know that right now your life is not fully in accordance to what the Word of God says? There are things that it says about you that you're not currently living in. Guess what? It's still true about me right now. Give you an example. I, your body, as Dad uses this a lot, your body might have symptoms in it, but the Bible says you're healed. It is true that you have symptoms, but it is a greater truth that you are healed. And I might not be experiencing the word of healing, but I have to connect my faith to the truth that I'm healed for my body to come in alignment. It doesn't work the other way around. You don't get healed and then you believe. You believe and healing comes. Okay. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. For he, for he has said, I was grieved with them and made a solemn oath they will never enter into the calming rest of my spirit. God's, work, God's works have all been complete. From the foundations of the world, for it says in the scripture, and on the seventh day God rested from all his works. And again, as stated before, there they will never enter into my rest, into my calming place of rest. Again, why did they not enter into the rest? Because the faith, because the word of God didn't root itself deeply enough with their faith. They doubted the word of God over their life. And it caused them to not enter into rest. Again, let me pose the question: what in your life? is causing you unrest? And is that unrest literally the lack of you believing God's Word? I'm here to say that every, every bit of depression, anxiety, and unrest comes from a lack of being rooted in true confidence of God's Word. And that's not a condemnation. We're going to get to that. Those who first heard the good news of de deliverance failed to enter into the realm of faith's rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest, the faith, faith rest life, and experience the fulfillment of the promise. For God still has ordained a day for us to enter into a day, enter in, into called today, for it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words, if only today you would listen to His voice and do not harden your hearts. Now if the promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, God, into the land, God wouldn't have spoken later of another rest yet to come. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works, just as God celebrates His finished works and rests in them. Key number one to entering into the faith rest life. Ceasing from your own works to earn the favor of God. You can't earn His favor. He's given it to you by grace. I cannot work enough to gain that. I cannot work my way into the kingdom of God. I accept who He's called me to be by faith. If you live your life like the rest of the world lives in, in other religions, it is, can I do this? And do this good enough so that when I die, God accepts me. Eh, wrong, not, not how it works. You can't meet that mark. But when you cease from your own works and you look to Him and you say, Father, I know I can't, 
but you've already completed the work and you yield to that work, that's when you your life begins to enter a rest that you've never been able to experience before. And some of you don't think you deserve that. And that's a lot from the enemy. Some of you think you deserve depression because of what you've done in your past. That's a delusion. The enemy could cause you to do one thing. It would be to believe a lie about yourself. Because if you believe a lie about yourself, you'll never live the way God intended for you to live. You might believe in God. You might believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that one day He's coming back again and glory be to God, I'm going with Him. You might believe that. But you'll never live the way He intended for you to live if you believe a delusion about who you are. And anything that you believe about yourself that doesn't line up with this word is a delusion. What happened? Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist. The voice of God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And what does Jesus do directly after that? Where does he go? Wilderness. Fast. The famous. He fasts 40 days and 40 nights, right? When the enemy comes to tempt him, what does the enemy say? If you are the Son of God. What was the enemy's temptation? Doubt. Doubt. The enemy wanted him to doubt who, what the word that God had spoken over his life, beloved son. I'm here to tell you, the word God has spoken of your, over your life is beloved son and beloved daughter of God. Holy, blameless, restored. All we have to do is believe that. Well, brother, I just don't feel holy. I, I messed up. No, 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 no. This word says it about me. This word is who I am. Yes. Come on. There's a measure of rest and assurance you will enter into in your life when you choose to believe everything He says about me is true. Every word. I don't have to wake up and earn this. I don't have to strive for this. When I blow it, I can run to His presence because I know there is no condemnation in His eyes. Just love, just acceptance, and just beloved identity. And a lot of you would say you believe this, but if you get honest, internally, we don't. Internally, we believe that when we mess up, we have to recoil from God and we have to fix ourselves before we go to Him. We have to say, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, I, I don't want to and I'll never do it again. And then you do it again and you've got to repeat the whole cycle. And He's saying, no, come unto me, all you are weary and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me and let my yoke come upon you. What is his yoke? His yoke is your identity. Come on. His yoke is the person of Jesus, the life of Jesus being placed on you. And when God sees Caleb Bonnie, God sees Jesus Christ. Oh. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. That should give you a confidence to go pursue God like never before. Caleb, what if I blow it today? What if this thing I'm struggling with, what if I continue to struggle with? He sees you as Jesus. All you have to do is line yourself up with the... You have to line yourself up with what He says about you. I use this 
analogy a lot with basketball. Part of my success in basketball had to do with I knew my dad and I knew Coach Bentley and I knew John Robinson had a belief in me as a player that if I messed up, they're still going to get me the ball. They had a belief in me, a confidence that I could rest in, that I know a bad performance doesn't change anything about how they see me. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. It is not about your works. If it was about your works, we all know what we get. And I know a lot of you believe this on an intellectual level, but has it got deep enough? The Hebrews didn't say they didn't believe. It said that it didn't go deep enough. Do you believe it to the point that when you wake up, you can say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every word He's spoken about me is true. I am perfect in His eyes. That sounds scandalous to the world. That sounds absolutely scandalous. And you young girls in here, that would fix a lifetime of pain and worry of trying to measure up to someone you are not. Because He's made you whole. He's made you perfect. All we have to do is place our faith in that. Well, brother, that gives you options to go do whatever you want. No, it doesn't. I promise you, since I found this revelation and since I began to believe this, my life has become straighter than it's ever been in before. And I believed, I believed Jesus before. But I watched struggles and I watched sin and I watched things begin to fall off my life when I began to line myself with what He says about me. What verse do you want? Okay. As we enter, as we enter into God's faith, rest, life, we cease from our own works, just as God celebrates His finished works and rests in them. So we must give our all and be eager to experience His faith, rest, life, so that no one falls short of following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. For we have the living Word of God, which is full of energy like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where the soul and the spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. There is not, not one person who can hide their thoughts from God, for nothing that we do remains a secret, and nothing created is concealed. But everything is exposed and defenseless, before His eyes to whom we must render an account. That sounds really scary until you understand grace. See, you can't cover it up enough. You can't work hard enough. You can't, you can't do the right thing enough because the Word of God, again, as it says, it sees the motives of man. When you're striving, guess what your striving is? Your striving is selfishness. Throw that away. Yield yourself to His truth and become all He's created you to be. Why? Because He says that's who you are. Well, brother, you got to do some work. Yeah, you work from it. I don't work for it. I do not work for my sonship. I do not have to work to be a son of Jimmy Bonnie. It just is who I am. I can't change it. There's nothing I can do to change that. 
Is there? I cannot work to get out of being, or to get into being a son of Sandy Bond. Can. What do we know about sonship? You are because the King of Kings is calling you that. You don't work for it. It's a really, really good thing. He didn't tell you that you are only a servant of God. Because if you were only a servant of God, then you would have to serve to attain that. No, He said you're a son. And out of that sonship, you give service. And out of a place of sonship, you begin to serve one another. Just like in a marriage, in, in a union with a husband or wife, you serve each other, but you don't serve each other to earn each other's love. You serve each other because you love. It's the motivation behind it. A marriage will not last long if you don't genuinely love one another to the point that the days you don't serve it, you don't lose, fall out of love. That, those marriages won't last long. You have to love someone so much that you wake up to serve them and some days you don't do a good job of it and the love remains. That's the same thing in the kingdom of God. He loves us so much that on our worst days He still calls us sons. He still says, I've given you an inheritance. I've restored you. I've made you whole. On your worst day, you still look like His son. Gosh, and that gives me such a freedom to not walk in my worst days. Why? Because I don't want to. I do not want to go live in the world. That does not even sound fun. Why? Because I found such freedom in knowing who I am. We're almost done with Hebrews and we're going to jump into Colossians. 13. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest. We must cling to faith to everything we know to be true in Christ. For we have a magnificent King Priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now, and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. Oh my gosh, that's free. He sympathizes with us in our frailty. He sympathizes. You know, there was a, a doctrine in the Catholic Church, and I, I'm not trying to beat Catholics at all. They're brothers and sisters in Christ, just like me and you. But there was a doctrine that came in the Catholic Church that monks had to go through. And when they were training to be priests, they would have to go away in their room and they would have to take a whip and they would have to whip themselves for their sin. They would literally have to go away in a room and they would have to whip themselves until they felt sorry enough for their sin. That is not the gospel. And many times in the church, we do the same thing. We get alone in our room and we begin to whip ourselves mentally. And we begin to torture ourselves mentally because we don't believe that we've lived up to the call of God enough. And we don't believe we're worthy. When all He's saying is changing your mind. What is changing your mind? Repentance. What, is, what, what does He say in Romans? To renew our minds unto the Word of God. When we renew our minds unto the Word of God, we come out of this place of self-abuse, of mental torture, and we come into a place where we say, everything you said about me is. Come on. 
on, and I, I know I can look into this room, and I know people fight to believe that. I give you permission to go headlong into believing that everything He said about you is true every day of the year, every second of the minute, every minute of the hour. It's true. And I don't need to couch that. This message of grace is scandalous. So scandalous to the point in Romans, Paul has to say, does this mean you can continue in sin? Absolutely not. It's that scandalous. He understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. He understands our humanity. Why does he understand our humanity? Because he became a man. Many of us believe in the Western church that God, that God sent Jesus and, Jesus and God beat Jesus so that Jesus could somehow please the Father to beat Him. That's not it. Jesus came and God became a man through the person of Jesus and God Himself took the payment. If you think for a second that was God looking down at Jesus and Him bringing the last you're crazy. That was God Himself becoming flesh. Why? So that He could understand our frailty. He could sympathize with us because He he did what we could not and He took the sin of the world on His back. God Himself. He took that on His back so that you would never have to bear the weight of your own sin. I'm going to read that. That again, he understands humanity as a man. Our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned. We come freely and boldly, boldly to where love is enthroned, to where his love for us is enthroned at the seat of God, at the right hand of the Father. He says, So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace urgently needed to strengthen us in our time of weakness. How many people have... The, the New King James phrase like this, that we boldly approach the throne room of grace. How many of you have not boldly approached the throne room of grace because you don't believe you're worthy to approach that throne? I'm here to tell you, you are worthy. And your righteousness is a filthy race, but guess what? It's not your righteousness. It's no longer my righteousness. I no longer have my own righteousness. I only have His. I'm going to say a, a quote that would get me kicked out of a lot of churches in here. I'm no longer a sinner saved by grace. I was for a day. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. On my worst day, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if I can believe that every minute of every day, it will radically change the world around me. Oh, man. They drag a woman to the feet of Jesus. She was caught in adultery. I'm not going to go there. I'm just, I can tell the story. 
They catch a woman caught in the act of adultery. They drag her to the feet of Jesus. And they say, Jesus, your law says to stone this woman. First off, he goes to the ground. He gets it all over with her. He says, ye of no sin cast the first stone. They all walked away. Jesus stands up and says, Woman, do you see any of your accusers? Does anyone condemn you? She said, No, Lord. I believe that in her eyes at that moment, she was scared to death that He was going to condemn her because she knew that He was the only one perfect and the only one who could justify that. Why? Because she had probably lived a life in a system to where they saw God as vengeful and they saw God as angry because that's what the Pharisees taught. And she's probably looking at Jesus saying, Oh no, here it is. And then He says to quote, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Let me ask you something. Did He say, Go and sin no more before He said, Neither do I condemn you? Which one did he say first? Neither do I condemn you. The God of the universe takes a prostitute sleeping with a man who is married and she's thrown out at his feet. Let's be real, she probably is very scantily clothed. She probably has not much clothes on. She's probably embarrassed. She's standing before this perfect man and she's probably terrified for a lot and he says, neither do I condemn you. Go sin no more. Why did he say go sin no more second? Because he knew the only way she could walk away from her sin is if she knew she wasn't condemned. What's Romans say there is now for? Now therefore no condemnations for those who are in Christ. You and your right. How many people have we condemned because we were so insecure about ourselves that we had to condemn others to secure ourselves. I'm speaking to two different crowds right now. I'm speaking to the crowd who has tried to live up to the standard and couldn't. And then I'm speaking to the person who feels like they will never measure up. And I'm saying both of you, under the same grace, measure up. That's our Father. That is God. That was God in the flesh saying, neither do I condemn you. Wow. I mean, really think about it. That woman thought she was about to get stoned. Because she grew up only seeing a shadow of God. She saw a part of God that was not the full picture. And Jesus came to show the perfect image of God. Anything you think you know about God that doesn't come up in the life of Jesus, ditch that whole idea. Okay, jump over to these Colossians. We're, we're approaching the end. Uh, we're going to start and we're going to go down to verse 9 for Tom's sake. Again, Paul's writing this letter. He's writing this letter to the church of Colossians. He's in prison. Um, and this is... This is Colossians is my favorite book in the Bible, and this might be my favorite chapter in the Bible. You'll see why. Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
What's it say? That, that you would grow in the wisdom of God's pleasure over your lives. People, He's pleased with you. Caleb, I, I just don't think. He, what did we clarify the first part of this? Every word in this Bible is what you are. Everything spoken about you is who you are. Remember, this is how this ties in. Remember, why did they not enter the rest? Because the word that was spoken over them did not go deeply enough in faith and they doubted. So I'm going to give you a freedom to believe everything I'm about to read so thoroughly that it changes your life and that you enter into a rest with God that you've never experienced before. A confident peace that He is for you and not against you. Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives. The perfect knowledge of His pleasure. Making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in everything you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches yielding to His life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in His fullness. What is true righteousness? His righteousness. The righteousness He gave you when you said yes to Him. Well, so what's it mean when He says when you walk in true righteousness? That means when you walk in the understanding that everything He says about you is who you are and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I stand right here perfectly right with God in His eyes. Just as Jesus was. What does the Bible say? Man, this sounds scandalous to some of you in here. You've never heard this. It says, just as Jesus was in this world, so are you. That is straight from the Bible. Just as Jesus was in this earth, so are you. And we pray that you would be energized with all His explosive power from the realm of, the mag of His magnificent glory, filling you with hope. Your hearts can soar with the joyful gratitude that when you think of how God made you worthy... He, what does that say? Did it say you became worthy? He what? He made you worthy. Guess what? If He made you worthy, could you earn that? No. Yeah. God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the life. Freely given to us. By living in the light. What does living in the light mean? Living in the light does not mean you do everything right. Living in the light means living in the knowledge of what He said about you because everything He says is light. He, what, did, what, what did John say? The light that the darkness could not comprehend. The darkness could not comprehend how you and your frailty could say yes to Jesus and you become the righteousness of God. He has rescued... This is so good. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical role of darkness. And He has translated us into the kingdom realm of His beloved Son. He rescued you from darkness. You were in darkness. You said yes to Christ. He rescued you and He translated you into His life. For in the Son, all our sins are canceled and we have release of redemption through His blood. What are our sins canceled? Guys, guess what? 
He don't sin no more. He, he chose not to remember your sins. They're gone. Live as someone so free from the sin consciousness. Don't even have a conscience to let what you used to do come back and haunt your life. It's gone. He canceled it. And if He canceled it, that gives you permission to cancel it over your own life. Well, brother, I messed up real bad back then. It's gone. Why? He says it's gone. Don't be like who Paul was talking about in Hebrews of the people who didn't let faith join to the Word. We're almost done, guys. He is the divine portrait and the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in Him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on earth, and is, and is seen in all that is unseen. Every sheet of power, of government, principality, and authority, it exists through Him and for His purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in Him. Everything finds completion in Him. That is me and you. Our completion is solely found in Him. Gosh, and you... I've said it a million times up in this very place. You can't earn it. I give you permission to stop trying to earn it. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in Him. He is the head of His body, which is the church, and since He is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, He is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all the fullness of all of Christ, and by the blood of His cross, everything in heaven and his earth is brought back to Himself, back to its original intent. What was original intent for man? Adam in the garden. Religion has caused you to not believe that you are... Let me rephrase that. Religion has kept you from going back into the garden. What is the garden? What, what does the Garden of Eden represent? Perfect communion with God. What did they do in the garden? They walked with God. They communed with God. And they lived as perfect sons. And we like to tell, each, tell, tell people in the church, say, oh, God can't look upon sin. Brother, the Bible never says that. It says He can't look favorably, favorably upon sin. How, do, how can I prove that to you? What happened when Adam sinned? What did God say? Adam, where are you? He was looking for Adam. Adam just sinned. Adam was a sinner. So what's that mean? God can look upon sin. He wasn't faithful. Who changed when Adam fell? Was it God or was it Adam? It was Adam. God can't change. So when we come to Christ, He restores us back to who Adam was before Adam fell. In perfect communion with our Father, He brings us back to the garden. Go read Genesis and what man was like before sin. That is who you are now. Come on. Even though you were once distant from Him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, guys, everyone in this room was once distant from Him, living in the evil thoughts and the shadows. You were living apart from God. And then it says, He reconnected you back to Himself. He released a supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of His own body as the sin payment on behalf so that you would dwell in His presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God. For He sees you as holy. Hold on, what's this say? He sees you? Who sees you? God. Who sees you? Say it. God. God. Okay. How does He see you? 
He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. It's all ties together. What did he say? He said, because their faith didn't join with the word. So what am I telling you this morning? The gospel is so much bigger than Jesus going to the cross to die to take your sin away. He went to the cross to make you become like him. Oh, come on. If you believe Jesus died and went to the cross to take your sin away, you'll go to heaven and you'll live like hell on earth. And you will constantly be fighting and you'll constantly be struggling. But He says, no, I came to make you holy, flawless, and restored. And whether I don't feel holy, flawless, and restored, is your faith joining with His Word? Because if it doesn't join with His Word, you'll never enter rest. You'll never enter the peace He has for your life. You'll never enter the completion He has for your life. So quit lying to yourself and saying you don't measure up. You just got to believe it. You just got to let your faith connect to His Word. We're almost done. If indeed you continue... This is the only addendum to this. If indeed you continue to advance in the faith, assured in the firm foundation to grow upon. All He's saying, look, this is what I say about you. Now just grow in your faith. Just grow in your belief. Stand on this truth. And you are what I say you are. So good. If indeed you continue to advance in the firm in the faith, assured on the firm foundation to grow upon, never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. What is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. And when I said yes to Jesus, I became the perfect righteousness of God in His eyes. And that sets me free from ever having to live up in your eyes. I solely am who He says I am. And I'm only 22 years old. And I've got 60, 70, 80 years to become all He's called me to be. But if I live by your standard, if I try to measure up to you, and I try to measure up to God, I'll fall short of all He's called me to be. I want to walk like Peter did. I want to walk down the street in my shadow, touch a sick person, and they get up and move. I want to... I don't want to be able to rip cloth off my body that I preached in like Paul did and give it to someone and say, put it under the pillow of the sick person and they'll be made well. They understood something on a level we, didn't, we don't fully understand yet and we're coming into that. They understood that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in their mortal body. And that's not for heaven. That's for now. That's why when you pray for someone, one thing I'll tell you right now, you never do this. You never pray for someone and think, oh, does that prayer good enough? And oh man, I messed up really bad last night and they're probably not going to get healed because I, no, 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 no. When I pray, I stand in for Jesus. When I pray, the same hands that go on them was the same hands that went on blind Bartimaeus. It was the same hands that... Hands that got down in the dirt with the, the prostitute. It was the same hands that touched every sick person in Jesus' day. Those same hands. And we're growing into that. 
I'm going to skip to the last part of this, which is go to 20, verse 26, and this is the last section, and then we're going to stand up. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer experience. Does that say for every pastor? For every teacher? For every prophet? No. It says for every believer. This is for every believer. Come on. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. The mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope with the riches of glory for His people. And God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with His power flowing through me to present every believer with the revelation of being perfect in Jesus Christ. The New King James phrases this a little bit differently. It says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of the world is Christ in you. That doesn't, does it say is the hope of glory Christ in heaven? Religion makes it says Christ in heaven is the hope of glory. No. The hope of the world is you finding out who you are. Fully believing that and letting His life flow through you as a reservoir of everything He has for the world. Amen. What did Paul say he went to do? What was his? What did he glory in? In teaching every holy believer to be presented as perfect before Jesus Christ. But there are people in this room today who you have fought and fought your whole life to believe you are worthy for this. You've went your whole life and you've believed because of the mistakes you made that you didn't measure up and that you would never be able to pray for someone because I'm not worthy enough and you would never be able to step out and you would never be able to teach a class and you would never be able to really operate in what God had for you because you blew that a long time ago. I'm here to tell you that is gone and you are completely restored today. Stand on your feet. Come on. Beulah, I'm going to say this over you with your body. Not only has He restored you and your identity, that restoration is also internally and in health. He doesn't just come to take away the scars of our past life in terms of spiritually. He comes to take away the physical scars. I don't know who it is in here. You might need... I, I have to do this. So You might need healing in your body. You might need spiritual healing. I don't know. But now, can we dim the light? Put, put like a, a slow worship song on real quick. We're, but I have, I have to obey the Lord. You We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until... 10.25 a.m. with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. 
make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus. We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until 10.25 a.m. with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. Make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus. We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until 10.25 a.m. with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. Make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus. We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until 10.25 a.m. with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. Make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus. We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until 10.25 a.m. with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. Make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus. We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until 
10.25 a.m. with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. Make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus. We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until 10.25 a.m. with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. Make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus. We're so glad that you could join us today at Restoration Community Church. Our Sunday school starts at 9.45 a.m. and goes until 10.25 a.m. with services starting at 10.30 a.m. Our Wednesday night service starts at 6.30 p.m. We are so glad that you could be a part of today. We know that the pastor is going to bring such a blessing to you today. Make sure that you go to our Facebook page at Restoration Community Church, Irving, Kentucky, where you can watch us live on Sunday mornings. We hope that you have a blessed week. Be a blessing to someone today. Reach out and tell them about Jesus.